Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. They're both live this week. Yo, it's a live cast. Well, it's live every week. It's a, well, yeah. We're all in the same room. We're in the same we room at the same all time. all together at the same time here. Let, let me tell you, never in my life have I ever wanted more stuff. Stuff. I need more stuff. <laughs> all right, yeah, so uh, let's talk about uh, N- N- M- yeah. M-19. M-19. Magic the Gathering. Does that read with the N? Yeah, okay, so we got a list of cards here. They're pretty good. Phil's got a thing to get to, so we're going to go right through it. We're going to start with all the Planeswalkers. Actually, they're kind of cool. Ajani, Adversary of Tyrants, is a two-white-white, four-mana, or four-loyalty Planeswalker. Uh, plus one. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Minus two. Return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Minus seven. You get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, create three one-one white cat creature tokens with lifelink. Because the only place that this is ever going to see play is, like, in the Gideon spot in the board of D&T. This is a cool zoo card. <laughs> if everyone ever plays zoo. If that's how we're opening with this card, it's, like, potentially good in zoo, then it's just not playable, right? No. Like, I, I, mean, feel, I feel like we, we, anytime we bring up <laughs> zoo, we're just old enough to remember when zoo was actually playable, and it's just, like, what, I, I don't know, what, what, what would zoo need to be playable now? A gorilla shaman that also kills Deathrite Shaman. I was going to say it needs its own <laughs> TNN that is also green and also can't be countered and also destroys uh, a land and also costs one. I like a thing that puts counters on all its guys and then returns its dead guys for Zoo. I mean, I, I, I think, like... <laughs> okay. I, I would think that Arjani's most powerful ability is really the return clause, right? Because yeah. he comes in and for four mana, he can minus two twice before killing himself. So you can get back two creatures. It's like... Yeah, get back your arrows. There's got to be some sort of... There's definitely a wonky lock where you, like, sacrifice a creature and they can't do anything, and then you bounce it back with a Johnny, and you do that twice, and then while they're not doing anything for two turns, like, maybe Hope of Giraper. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the whole... The whole, they're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean... They're not doing anything, but you also have other stuff. I know, okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that this is a card, like, sure, you... It's definitely not better than... uh, Gideon uh, heroes in the car or allies in the car, right? Like it fulfills sort of the same slot, but it doesn't do as it's not as versatile. Well, the fact is, is that it doesn't do anything outside of already having an established game, right? Like Gideon can just come down and start pumping out two twos, and it's fine. This one either needs creatures on the table for the plus one, or it needs creatures in the yard for the minus. Hold on, you don't want to return a baleful strike to this thing in like I mean, an Asper deck? Come on. At that point, you're competing with Jace the Mind Sculptor. What are we even talking about? I know, I know. Well, so does Gideon. Or you could uh, play it in uh, Stoneforge. You play Gideon specifically because it can't get pyroblasted. Nobody wants to play Gideon. Well, this place... Nobody's actively like, oh, God, Gideon, get get over here. Okay. Okay, oh, God, get over here. Tezzeret Artifice Master. Okay, this guy guy gets me turned on. Yeah, this was a good good. Uh, Three blue blue. Five loyalty. Legendary Planeswalker Tezzeret. Plus one. Create a one-one colorless Thopter. Artifact. Creature token with flying. Zero, draw a card. If you control three more artifacts, draw two cards instead. Minus nine, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step. Search your library for a permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, and shuffle your library. Uh, we just found out, or I just found out, that Tezzeret is Phil's favorite character. Ter- Tezzeret is my favorite planeswalker, yeah. yeah. Who's your favorite planeswalker, Zach? Um, Fraley's. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. I just realized, looking at these pictures, that the uh, planeswalkers are actually legends that don't have the new border. You can't do oh, much wait. more to this border, can they you? They don't have a yeah. legend border. Is this card... This card's good? That's oh, your... That's God, your Tezzeret, Tezzeret, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, time are... out. Time out. Nate, what's your favorite Planeswalker? That's a good question. I was hoping to get away. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tybalt, isn't it? No, no. It's probably Liliana. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really like any, any Planeswalker. I mean, if you say Tybalt, like, I get it. Like, I like him as a character. Yeah. <laughs> His card's a piece of shit, but I love his character. I kind of like... I don't know. No. You're All right, so this card's good. You're a sword good. guy, aren't you? This sword, card's oh, good. that's a, you know what? It's a sword. Yeah. yeah Soren's sword. great. Soren's a good one. Yeah, Tezzeret Artificer, Artifice Master. Yeah, dude is super real. 
super real. He goes to six loyalty and he makes a body that can block anything because it's a flying thopter. And then metal craft draw two for zero. I don't know if anybody understands. Like Jace is really good because he lets you brainstorm for zero loyalty. This thing just saying divination for zero is absurd. This is going to be immediately played in the Eternal formats in the decks that want it. It's insane. And what decks want it? If you're playing, <laughs> like, it, honestly, like, I, I, I just hate all of the Chalice decks, but, like, Tezzeret has only ever existed in Legacy in a Chalice deck, but, like, this guy is, like, those decks, what do they do? They get hellbent real quick because they want to sit under a bridge, but, like, being able to actually draw and just, like, ancestral yourself every turn and just dump your hand is insane. I can't tell this is a non-bow with bridge or not. On the one hand, it makes one ones. On the other hand, you draw a bunch of cards. <laughs> yeah, well, the, like, I... The way that it, the current decks are built, I don't know if it would just be like this thing slots in or if you have to make some kind of concessions, but like if you're divinationing for zero mana every turn, <clears> just like the, think about this. You get to untap an ancestral every turn. Right. That's but you've also resolved insane. a five mana planeswalker, so you probably won. Well you're on you're if you're in a tomb deck, then five mana is really three mana. Right, exactly. I was, I was trying to think like so fast you could get this down. Still two turn three, I think, with tomb. Well, no, because you can just go... If, if you're not playing Chalice on one, then you can just go Tomb into a, a Signet, play your next land, and then you have him. No, that's four right? mana. Oh, it's four. Next land is four. Oh, you're playing a Mox Opal. Come on. <laughs> Mox Opal. Chrome Mox. I'm, I'm doing the math now. Uh, Ancient Tomb, Signet, Mox Opal, like any land, I think, works. Okay, never mind. It doesn't matter. He's insane. It's He's good. going to be good. I guarantee you he will be good. You heard and it here of, first. Of all of the things that we're going to talk <laughs> about today, the only one... Well, there's two. This is one of the two cards that I will I can guarantee we'll see play because divination for zero is insane. That's true. And you know what? I didn't think Teferi at five would do anything, but it's corrupt it's corrupt in there. It's it's a better it's good in modern. Uh, Liliana, untouched by death. Two black black, four loyalty, legendary planeswalker Liliana. Plus one, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Minus two. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn where X is the number of zombies you control. Minus three. You may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. I just noticed that you can, you can bring her down and, and immediately ultimate. That doesn't matter because you tapped all your mana. It's kind of... This, this is probably the worst of these Planeswalkers. I don't think it I anything. disagree. I think the green one's probably the worst one. Oh. I think... Well, maybe you're right because this one is so tribal. I mean, is zombies ever going to get close? Like, they just had... So, they just want a PT with, like, those cards. Those cards are super pushed. Like, Crypt Breaker's real. Like, it doesn't have enough going on for it because it needs... It wants to be in the zombie deck because of the, the draw card ability. But, like, is Liliana getting close to zombies actually being a playable tribe? Definitely not. I, I don't think so. I don't think there's enough zombies. We need, we need two-mana zombie lords, and we just don't have that, yeah. I think. I think the two-mana slot for this deck is just, like... Honestly, not great, like, utility cards. Tide Hollow Scholar's not bad. Tide Hollow Scholar's good, but then you have stuff like, I mean, what do you play? Like, Guest Verdict is, like, your, like, well, card actually, to play in this deck? Like, yeah, the I thing don't about know. the zombie decks... Slot, slot sorry, weird. sorry, let me step over here. The thing about the zombie decks is that you play fewer creatures and more spells because your creatures all have recursion, but then the plus one doesn't really do anything for you except mill three, and yeah, you don't need that. Um, the removal... Thing here is probably worse than the other Liliana that's four mana. Well, the minus two on, on her is the same thing as that card that uh, can make makes zombie tokens as well. From, yeah, that, from that, last set. that wasn't bad. It's a three mana, kill a minus three, minus three something and make a zombie. That was a lot of sets ago. I forget what it was. But I, I forget PT. too. But it, yeah. it was like a four of piece of removal in the zombie deck that won the PT. Obviously, that's standard, so it's not the same. But like, if you have a bunch of zombies, that's just like minus X, minus X, the thing, a thing for black. Like, that's not the worst. Gem Pompa Looter probably wins. I'm probably trying too hard to make this happen, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Liliana's, but this one's just not great. What kind of hypocrite am I? I'm, like, shitting on Zoo, but, like, trying to defend zombies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarkin, Fireblood, one red red. He's a three-loyalty planeswalker. Plus one. You may discard a card if you do draw a card. Plus one. Add two mana and any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to cast dragon spells. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> vomited in my mouth a little bit. Minus seven. Create four, five, five red dragon creature tokens with flying. Alright, so I may have vomited, but I don't think he's that bad. I think the rummage ability on a three-mana walker is pretty good. And the fact that he does come in for three, and he ticks up both ways no matter how you look at it, and 
him putting 20 power on the table for a three-man investment is not the, the worst. Yeah, the three-man investment for 20 power is actually the part that caught my that caught my eye because initially I looked at this card and was like, oh, this is garbage. And then I was like, well, it's getting me closer to the threshold, <laughs> right? Yep. That's the first step, right? And I'm like, hmm, that's an ultimate that I would actually not mind hitting in a rug deck. And if you kill it, my Tarmogoyfs are bigger. For, for the... For anybody that wants to know how fast he can ultimate, he has the exact same stats as Liliana the Last Hope. So it's a pretty fast ultimate, all said and done, except he doesn't protect himself the way Liliana does. And this, there's a, an ability that pretty much does nothing. I, it said, we were talking before, and that like dragons, actual dragon stompy, this is a good card if you want to play dragons in your big red deck. Except I think Chandra just does all this stuff for four instead of, th- I know it's four instead of three, but. Is I mean, a, the question is whether or not you actually would rather play Thunderbreak Regent and Glorybringer. What do we say? Well, th- then there's also the one that you can kick that comes in as a four-four flyer, but then you can kick it. That's in the that's in it was in the most recent set. I mean, I think that Varix. Like, if you're looking, yeah, Varix. If you're looking at Sarkin as something like you're not going to Sarkin and then saying, okay, what are the dragons I can play around it? You already have to be in the market to be playing specific dragons. And then going back to Sarkin and saying, yeah, I want this. The way I think about it is the similar way that, like, the entire Miracles deck came to be, right? It's like, you want to play with Terminus, therefore you want top, therefore you want counterbalance. You didn't start with, okay, I want counterbalance, where do I go from here? Yeah. You know? I feel like Sarkin is, like, the counterbalance in this analogy where you don't start there, you would end there. And you would need dragons you would want to play first. I don't think there are any in Legacy, because if there were, we would, we would probably see them already. Well, you used to see... I mean, I've been killed by... Thunderbreak region. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you're in if you're in like the Dragon Stompy deck where we say like you can play whatever top end you want, but right now that like that top end is like being outclassed by these insane planeswalkers that they just yeah and Goblin Rattle Master yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vivian Reed, three green green, five loyalty planeswalker. This is a new character. Plus one. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or a land card from among them and put it into your hand. Uh, bottom rest in a random order. Minus three. Destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. Minus eight, you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have vigilance, trample, vigilance, trample, and indestructible. This is very similar to uh, Nahiri. I was going to say, like, isn't Nahiri just a better version of this? This is three green, green, and not two white, red. Yeah, so is, is, you would only be playing this if you were just specifically in green and not Boros? Uh, yeah, I don't think that the big green decks are great right now. Like, this is the kind of thing where it's like, your cloud post, Nick fit box, you put this in it, right? Well, well, if you're playing this, also, like, the thing, the only five-mana walker that's green that I can think of that sees any play in Legacy is the Nyssa in Elves, right? Yeah. That untaps a land, makes five-five. Five, yeah. I mean, would, would this see play over that? Not in Elves. Well, you know, I mean, destroy a creature with flying, I guess, is kind of cute. You're always hit on the plus one. Yeah, 100% you hit. Yeah, yeah. so... But I, I don't know. I think I think this is probably better just because of the guy's cradle shenanigans. Um, yeah, I mean the guy's cradle shenanigans with Nissa is what makes that card like over the eminently playable. Like what, getting destroyed by that card, watching my opponent be like, "This is a five-five. It's already produced five mana. It's going to untap. It now produces six. I guess I'll just cast Crater Hoof Behemoth and kill you." Like that. That to me makes that card like being able to just play that card and almost immediately combo. Like, if it's left on the board for a turn or two, you don't even need Natural Order. Like, that's yeah. it's just a it's just a card that, like, that does something that this card doesn't necessarily do, which is, uh, it doesn't, there's no shenanigans with this card. You, you, you see what you get. You don't need the, defen- the defensive minus as much as you would need, like, something else, right? Like, if you're, if you're using this card in an Elves deck, yes, the plus one and the minus eight are great, because you're drawing a new creature every turn, and then you just have, like, your free... Crater hoof, but you don't need the minus three. And with Nissa, is it might even be plus to untap with Nissa? It is, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Nissa pluses to untap, which works after your board is wiped. And the minus or the the second ability is draw a card for each creature or each land. That's a no, no. Good... Her, her ultimate is whenever you play a land draw card, right? Oh, minus. Oh, yeah. The minus is return of permanent. Yeah. Yeah, which is still even probably a little bit better. It's a cool card. I like all these Planeswalkers, except for maybe Liliana as, like, things you could maybe brew around if you wanted to. I mean, if you, Liliana's just really straightforward to brew around. It's like, yeah. her homes, like, all these other guys, I feel like, 
I mean, Sarkin's kind of straightforward, but at the same time, you could just neglect the middle ability. And yeah, be I think I would neglect the middle rummaging. ability. Yeah, yeah. For being some a, reason you want to just dredge. Just being a three mana enchantment <laughs> that rummages every turn isn't like is fine, I guess. Uh, if you're looking to brew, yeah. I think the only one that's like guaranteed to see play is going to be Tez. I think Tez is insane. Something like Sarkin in like as like a reanimator card, like a you know for some reason reanimator wants to play a slower game that also is threatening, like five dragons. Eventually, you're going to ultimate this thing, right? So they can't just sit back on their stuff, and you, you can you can be constantly setting up like your di- like. Let's say they have a graph digger's cage in play. You got this thing down because you have a bunch of lotus petals. You know this can come out on turn two, and now you're discarding stuff, drawing cards. Well, is that better than the mentor plan that they normally go on? They don't always go on it. I don't know. If it's the not, it's I, it's no, not I color. agree. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. Like I don't know. I, I don't have no idea. I have been beaten by. Here's my second thoughts on on Sarkin is like initially I looked at him and I was like no I would never touch this card this looks dumb and I was like well you know I used to side in sulfuric vortex against miracles because they couldn't deal with it and then oops you died and that's sort of the same thing with this miracles doesn't have like a great way to get other planeswalkers off the board and then you have 20 power with the dudes and yes they can deal with that but if you're also pressuring them like what can they really do? And you're getting the card movement, like you're discarding all your relevant cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not the worst, I, 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 and it's not as bad as I think it looks. It's I, also three mana planeswalkers. Never. Seen I would actually that. say of the of the five <laughs> walkers in this set, I think it's the second most powerful. So yeah, it's like it's close. Uh, regrowing is really good with a, with a Johnny. Like putting stuff on the on the battlefield is good, but you know. You can uh, send your foil Sarkins to eternaldurals.patreon.com. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Resplendent Angel. Uh, one white white creature angel three three, flying at the beginning of each end step. If you gave gain five or more life this turn, create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. Three white 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 until end of turn. Resplendent angel gets plus two plus two and gains life link. Uh, Phil, you want to talk about this one? Well, I wanted to talk about this one because I I say like, is this the is this finally the card that gets it over so shit like Sarah Ascendancy's play? Like, is this the, is this an, an, a big enough of a payoff? to make, like, the life gain deck something that matters in Legacy? Good question. That, that's why I brought... Like, obviously, <laughs> this, I, I don't think this card is good enough on its own. Yeah. But, like, if the... the obviously, we're never getting to the six-mana give-it-plus-two-plus-two lifelink clause. Like, that's... We like, if we're there, the game, the game is gone off the rails. But, like, the gaining five or more just to put a 4-4 four, four into play? I mean, that's not the farthest off if this is a big enough payoff. You know what you can do? You can use your Martyr to gain a five more life and then return that Martyr with a Johnny Adversary of Tyrants. And then you can put <laughs> plus one, plus one counters on this. Thing. <laughs> this is a really <laughs> weird looking Okay. So we're saying, so no, it's just garbage. I, it, well, no. I mean, you know, if again, like brewable card, which I like. You know, cool, interesting card, right? Yeah. Um, Bone Dragon. I really like this card. Three black black, five four, creature dragon skeleton with flying. Three black black, exile seven other cards from your graveyard, return bone dragon from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. I want to note that that is instant speed activation. Well, here's what I want to know. If you're not... Are, are, is anybody in the market for Scrap Heap Scrounger and Legacy? No. Scrap Heap Scrounger requires you to exile another creature. So let, let's say you're playing Pox. <laughs> No, that's all right, Pox. That's, all right, yeah, all right, okay. All right, so okay. just think all about right. Pox. Like this is a thing. <laughs> this is a big creature that you can just freely discard. It's not bolt bait. It's not bolt bait. It is swords bait, but they don't have any cards in their hand or possibly permanents in play by the time you get up to five. You're playing a bunch of basic swamps. I don't know. I could see it happening. I like that idea. I'm gonna give it a shot. I mean, this is really just like if you're if you're in that market, this is the card that you go uh, Sorkin Sorkin Sarkin ramps into this guy. That's right, and you can discard it to Sarkin. There you go. Man, such synergies. Right. Uh, did you want to talk about Apex of Power? So I, br- I was looking at Apex of Power. Well, let me read it, like, let me read it. Yeah. Seven red, red, red. Sorcery. Ten Ex- mana sorcery. Ten mana sorcery. Exile the top seven cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-land cards exiled this way. If this spell was cast from your hand, add ten mana of any color. So, of course, I went right to, well, when you show and tell Omniscience into play and then you cast this, the game has to be over. But I was like, if you're already doing that, you're just playing Enter the Infinite, and that's why I pulled it back. Okay. Because you're pointing to it. For I instance. pointed at Apex of Power. I was like, oh, Omniscience Kill Card. Like back when you had DT, Dig Through Time. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Enter the Infinite already exists. Never yeah. mind. Uh, we didn't put this on there, but I wanted to just mention it. Shield Mare, one white, white. Two, three creature horse. Can't be blocked by red creatures. When it enters the battlefield, it becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls. You gain three life. It's a two, three creature that gains you three life and maybe six. It gains you three on the ETB. 
I don't like the secondary clause of if it's ever targeted because that puts the onus on your opponent, and unless they are going to die to this thing, they're just never targeting. Right, it's good against their like young pyromancer draws. Yeah, I mean they're not gonna like, or they don't want to trade off with it, right? So until they get Gurmag Angler or yeah. Charcutian Nemesis, this is you know it's it's fine to m- want to bolt this. Yeah, I mean if you're playing against a burn deck and siding this in, like what, like woo, you got my, you ma- I made your searing blazes worse. I That's if, not if, good enough. If I you're feel interested like. in a, a creature like this that just like hoses red spells, like you're just playing uh, Firewalker. Yeah, core Firewalker. Firewalker. Right, yeah, like true. this guy is fine. Like. The only the weird thing about him that I, I don't like the tension here is that Shieldmare can't be blocked by red creatures and then has defensive gain life abilities. So it's like, were well, you trying to is this a defensive card or is this an aggressive card? Like it's good against Young Pyromancer. I, I don't know where yeah. <laughs> like I, in which case like So is this one. Plague Mare. One black black. Plague Mare's real. <laughs> one black black. Two two creature nightmare horse. Plague Mare can't be blocked by white creatures. When Plague Mare enters the battlefield, creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. I'll give you credit for this one, Phil. It is a thing that kills Trudian Nemesis. So this is just Marsh Casualties on a guy, and I think that this will actually see play over Marsh Casualties because it's played in decks that play both Cake Man and Liliana, and being able to rebuy it is important. But then Zach pointed out that it's also probably better because you know that they're going to be bringing in Fluster Storm in those matchups, or Spell Pierce, or what have you, and this thing doesn't get hit by those. And people are usually boarding out their forces in those fair matchups. Marsh Casualties also gets hit by Spell Snare, if I'm not I was going to say, Spell Snare also gets This does by. not. This is, this is a pretty solid guy. I'm, I'm into this. You get your Cavern on Horse, and uh, you go to town, right? I, I mean, if you, like, you're putting your Cavern on Horse, I'm putting it on Nightmare. Cavern on Nightmare. <laughs> Cavern on Nightmare. Oh, it's a Nightmare. The other, there's a bunch of other... Is no, Nightmare a Nightmare? First of all, okay, Surge Mare <laughs> is a horse fish. Like... No one came with seahorse? Yeah, no, no, horse fish, dude. <laughs> seahorses don't exist in um, magic. That's, that's because of breaching hippocamp. Oh, is that a yeah, hippocamp? Don't you know how magic works? That, there's already been a horse fish? It's a, it is a horse fish. Oh, okay. It's a hippocamp, yeah, that makes sense. Isolate, one white, instant. Exile, target permanent with converted mana cost one. So we were trying to think of, like, how this is anything else other than exclusively a thing to hit Delver and Deathrite. Maybe Aether Vial if we're going there, but like, there's not really any other one mana permanents that matter all that much. That you're like, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna hit. It. Yeah, I I used to play Sunlance as a uh, extra Swords of Plowshares in my Bant deck because I didn't want to give people basic lands in my Wasteland deck, and the the Sunlance was to hit Delver and Deathrite, and that uh, honestly it also hits Leovold and like random other stuff. So I could see if that was ever a thing you're doing again that you do this. This also hits, you can bring it in against, like, Infect, bring it in against Death and Taxes. But there's not a lot of one-mana permanents. Not as many as you'd think. Yeah. If it said one or less, maybe it's better. Yeah, then you can hit Chalice. Oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they would let you They wouldn't let you hit lands with this, though. So. Well, it, no, if it, said, if it said one or less, then you could exile a Merit Lake. That's true. And that yeah. would be super real. But yeah. because it's just one, I don't think it's quite there. Nexus of Fate, five blue blue, instant. Take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus Fate goes to the graveyard, reveal it and shuffle it instead. I think the only cute thing about this is that, like, if you discard it or mill it, it goes back into your deck. Yeah. But, I, yeah, you can, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so the, the point of magic rules stuff real fast. Um, if you create an infinite combo that you can stop, you have to stop it, and thusly would lose the game if you, like, get to a point where you're taking all the turns because it's the only card in your deck. So that's not a thing you can do. You can if you can win. If, as long as you can win. If you don't have a win condition, or your opponent has a blocker larger than your thing, yeah. you will lose. It can't, you can't just build the combo deck where you just cast Nexus of Fate every turn, take infinite turns, and then you never deck yourself because you're always drawing Nexus of Fate, but then don't have an actual way to win the game, because at that point, your opponent can just choose not to concede, and then you are obligated to Listen, to everyone out the there in podcast land, they, they forgot to mention my idea of playing Leveler and then playing this. So you remove your there library from the game. There is a card that combos well with Nexus of Fate if you can do the, those two things. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, where are we now? Oh, this is, I gotta... We'll go over that card soon. It's in this set. This Daneful Pyromancer, one and a red, creature human wizard. Red tap, discard a card, draw a card. Two red tap, sacrifice it, deal four damage target creature. It's a 2-2. I don't know if the four damage is enough because Gurmag exists. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're in the market for a dude that just lets you rummage every turn, but I thought, like... Anytime you put continuous card filtering on something, I think we need to talk about it at such a cheap rate. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a solid rate. I, I mean, unfortunately, you can't put damage on the stack, right? Like yeah. that's 
This would be a great card if you could still put damage on the stack. Yeah, you have to tap it every turn. This is this goes into your red stompy box though. Maybe that there's some matchups where they want something early that helps them dig, um, and it also can get them out of like weird situations like um, like if they're playing against Ladravi. Uh, let's see what anything on this on this line. Uh, a bunch of stuff in the other language. Oh yeah, Runic Armasaur. One green green for a two five creature dinosaur. Whenever an opponent activates an ability of a creature or land, if it isn't a man ability, you may draw a card. So. Yes, every fetch land, every death right, every wasteland. Let's talk about this guy being a two five. Two five. Literally every card is lands. Every card yeah, in lands. Draw card. We'll draw yeah. you a card. Yeah, Rashad and Port hits it, or you guess it's a two five. I mean, that's not an. Un it's a Gurmag issue again. But if you're drawing a bunch of cards because they're they have to like activate their fetch lands, I like this card. My only the only thing I don't like about it is that double green is means that you are really committing. This is this goes into the Maverick Sylvan Plug yeah. Loan Toolbox. So for the the everything in lands, unfortunately not the moxes. Not tabernacle. Not the moxes. Not the moxes. Oh, not the moxes. Yeah, which is which is relevant. Oh, because only land and creature. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Um, I'm just gonna skip to Mistcaller because that's the next thing on my list. Mistcaller is one blue creature Merfolk Wizard. Uh, one one sacrifice Mistcaller. Until end of turn, if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. I like it. I mean, it's pretty much containment priest for every blue deck that isn't playing white. I agree. It's it's basically just a counter spell to, um, the, the like a reanimate spell. It's only going to work once. Obviously, your opponent's still going to have the dude in their hand. They're not going to show and tell. Have you sack this and then put the guy into play? Right, but like. What, what it does is a proactive it, one. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a attacker early that will basically just counter like uncounterably counter one of your opponent's spells as long as they're not playing second. I feel like the play pattern of this card is going to go. You're going to play it out, and then they will have to deal with it before they can go off, or they have to play through it. Yeah. But then in that time, if they don't immediately play through it and then have a follow up right afterwards, then the game is just going to go where you're both drawing a bunch of cards. The game is not going to be. Uh, moving too quickly, and then by that point you'll have a larger counter war, but you'll have a free counter spell on the on the table. Yeah, and you, this isn't legendary, so you might have two Multiple, free counter yeah. spells. Can recur it with the Johnny. Um, oh wow! Wait, what? You have oh, wow. what? Man, I really, I'm starting to like the zoo deck a lot. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you need to play this in your Johnny deck, where you can play increased, and you can also recur that with the Johnny. Uh, I just this thing has weird weaknesses like exhume and sneak attack that I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good. Maybe you'll play it. I just, if they had to color shift this ability to blue, they couldn't put it in, like, green or something. Ex ex what, what's the weakness with Exhum? They just don't pick a guy, and you have to sac you have to sacrifice it before resolution. Yeah, it's a counterspell for... And, but Exhum says both players, right? You can Each bring this back! What? Sac no, you can't bring it back, <laughs> because if, if you sacrifice this in response to Exhum, then Exhum responds, resolves, and you bring this back, this gets exiled to its own ability. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> but... There's we and sneak attack. Obviously, they just activate it. You sacrifice this. They don't put anything in. They play another lotus yeah, petal. Sneak attack's tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sneak attack is unfortunate. But that uh, each of these like situational counterspell measures always has its weakness. It's a merfolk wizard, which means that there's there's tribal synergies, right? Mm -hmm. Wizards Re and merfolks. Yeah, remorseful cleric, one in a white creature, spirit cleric, two one flying. Sacrifice Remorseful Cleric, exile all cards from target player's graveyard. So talking to, I talked to uh, Itai, who's a DNT aficionado about this card, and we were like, hey dude, it finally happened. They put your Tormod's Crypt on a bro that you can tutor for, that attacks for two power evasively. And he was like, yeah, it's garbage. And we were like, what are you talking about? How, what do you mean it's garbage? This is exactly what you mean. He's like, at this point, like if you're playing this, it's a one shot. You might as well just play Rest in Peace. You can't tutor for Rest in Peace, Rest in Peace or play it main deck. Rest in peace is symmetrical. You don't have to play this in Death Intact just because it's a two-one white creature. You can play it in other in other decks. Can you? <laughs> I guess you, you can play it in your. It is flying. Deck. It is flying. So and it does block Delvers. You can recur it with a Johnny. Man, now it blocks Delvers. That's that's not. I'm gonna point insane. out how many things you can recur with a Johnny that are just. 
Uh, you can combo this with Oath of Ghouls, uh, because you can exile their graveyard, then you can trigger the Oath of Ghouls, because you'll have more creatures in your graveyard than them. What I love is that you just assume that everybody who's listening knows what Oath of Ghouls does. Well, it came out... It came out <laughs> I know, I know. Obviously, Oath of Ghouls. It came out 17 years ago, I'm sure everyone's, everyone knows that, right? Uh, Alpine Moon. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what it does. You're gonna have to just look Oath, of, Oath of Ghouls. Google it. Google it. Wait, wait, wait. For everyone who has, who has a, uh, a, a, uh... Alexa or a, or a Google Home. Hey Google, what does Oath of Druids do? Oath of Ghouls do? Ah, uh, fuck it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good joke, though. Your your Google Home is answering answering. Alpine Moon, one red enchantment. As Alpine Moon enters the battlefield, choose a non-basic land card name. Lands your opponent can control the chosen name. Lose all land types and abilities, and they gain tap. Add one mana of any color. Before we talk about this actual card, I gotta. I read this card. I've been playing Magic a long time. You know how they're always like, "Oh, look at Balduvian Shaman. Look how bad we were at making cards that made sense back in the day." Like, if you didn't know how this game worked and you looked at this card, you're like, "What the hell? What does this even say?" This yeah, is just man, like, you open, you open choose a rare. Choose a non-basic land card name. Lands your opponent's control. Like this. This is such a dumb card. And I don't think it's good, but maybe you guys do. I think it's good because it costs one. And the things that you want it to... Like, if you're playing this, you're playing it for a specific land that you want to shut down. Yep. Uh, and for the decks that... Like, right now, Turbo Depths already does that with Pithing Needle. Like, Okay. Here's what happens against Dark Depths. You play Mountain, Alpine Moon, named Dark Depths. They play Dark Depths, which comes in with no counters. They tap it for green. They Nature's Claim this. Dark Depths triggers. You make 20, no, I, 20. I, I, wasn't saying, I wasn't saying you play it against. I was saying you play it in. I know. But I like, was going to say, you, uh, if you're going to do anything, you would want to name Thespian Stage, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's yeah, where I would, that's you don't, where you, I would yeah, go because with the, you, Because of the rule change, you don't actually name Dark Depths. Because it, that opens you up. And like, yeah, this, thing, this thing dies to all of the enchantment hate that all the other ones does. The, same, the, the only difference is that this thing costs one as opposed to three. And if you're not looking to hose people... Like, this is... Blood Moon is still the thing you bring in against Pile. This is the thing you bring in against specific cards that you're... Like, I mean, I don't think Elves would ever be splashing a red land. But man, if you really just feared Tabernacle, you're like, alright, Alpine Moon on Tabernacle. And now it just doesn't do anything. That's... Possible. That's a possible thing they could do. I mean, I'm just saying, like, uh, there, you're there, right, there are you're applications right. to it for one mana. They splashed red for Blood Moon, actually, in Elves. So it's, <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not impossible, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, Blood Moon hoses way more things because so it just shuts down non-basics. This is trying to target something very specific. So if you're hitting Thespian Stage or if you're hitting Tabernacle, or, or, like, for one mana, the, the cost is so low that you can do it proactively against the thing that you're specifically trying to hit that I think this card isn't going to see, like, crazy amounts of play, but when it's played, it's not going to be a surprise. Yeah, it's it's got the word moon in it. It'll get played. It doesn't uh, draw a card, though. Yeah, Shucks. It does not. And the, the fact that it makes the, the other land into a rainbow land, I think it's just... just is a bridge too far. If it just, like, had... It's turned into a mountain? Yeah, yeah turned into a mountain, or, or turned it into, like, nothing. Like, maybe that would be playable. Like, I just don't think that turning off... Like, turning off one land against lands isn't great. And no, like, elves, you can win games without Cradle. I just can't really think of any decks that... Unless you're, like... You're right, in, in Depths. Or in the Depths Mirror, maybe you could do that. I mean, this is... But they don't play red, so... This also strikes me as the type of card where this is, like... Oh, no, it doesn't, because it turns it into a Rainbow Land, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sai, Master Thopterist, two and a blue. Legendary creature, human artificer, it's a 1-4. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying... One in a blue. Sacrifice two artifacts. Draw a card. I think this card's great. This card's cool. I'm Paradox. I, I love Paradoxical Outcome and Vintage so much. I just love doing weird stuff in it. <laughs> I, I tried to play Karn, didn't work out. But this is a sweet card. Paradoxical Outcome. You just make a bunch of thopters. I mean, it's a nice backup to mentor. Once again, it's another card that just goes in that the blue version of the Chalice deck. Yep. Yeah. You don't cast a ton of... I mean, you could cast more artifacts. I mean, we did black to basics. Why can't we do blue chalice? Yeah. <laughs> I played blue chalice. I played... Uh, I mean, this Thopter, is... This, um, Pirate Stompy. When, yeah, when Pirate Stompy, which was a joke, this just... I feel like Psy could actually... Like, it, you could you could definitely have Psy Stompy, and I, I, I would believe that. I would buy Psy Stompy. You're just playing that with, like, your Ravagers and stuff? Ravager? Yeah, yeah. Put it in Steel Stompy? 
Oh, double. That's what that says. Okay. <laughs> I gotta find this card now. Uh, it's double something. Sorry. I so, while, while you're looking for this, I wanted to bring up a card that I don't think we have on there. Uh -huh. uh, it is the Black Legend. Um, where's she at here? Uh, Isoreth, the Awakener. Okay. Uh, it's a three mana. Uh, it's a one and two black. Uh, legendary creature, human wizard, death touch. When Isoreth, the Awakener, attacks, you may pay X. When you do, return target creature with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. With a corpse counter on it. If that creature would leave Battlefield, exile it instead of putting it into the, anywhere else. So, you could bring back your Baleful Strixes with this in like a pile style deck. Pile it style. Is a, it is a three mana dude in a glutted three mana deck. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, this card seems like it, it, it's it's a three mana three three with Death Touch, which is something. And with the extra upside, you might be able to just grind out a little value with this card. This is, yeah, I love this card. I just don't think it ever untaps. <laughs> True. It is three. It is a 3-3. Three, three. It is a 3-3 three, three for 3, which is too bad. It's a cool effect. I, I, like, I like recurring little guys, if you have a guess from a, a Johnny. Yeah, you can't recur her with a Johnny. No, but like, <laughs> you, could, you could put this in your Johnny deck, and now you've got double recurring. She's a one mana less a Johnny. Yeah. And then you use that one mana that you didn't spend on to, like, And I know, guess the theory is here that... Yes, you have to attack with her, but she's going to kill whatever blocks her. Oh, except for stupid true name. <laughs> Whoops. Almost almost had it. Yeah, we got it. We're just going to take it back to Plague Mare. Yeah. You're, you're right, Zach. It's a cool card. I just, you know, 3 mana 3-3, three, three, unfortunately. Yeah. In a world of 1 mana 5-5. Five, five. Double cast. Red, red. Sorcery. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Okay. This is false cure test at work. Someone cast double cast against you. Just to be clear to everybody, that means if this resolves, their next thing is copied no matter what. You're gonna there you can't counter it. You can't counter the, the the spell and not have the copy trigger. Do you counter this card? Just because they're casting it. I guess I think here's we, a, we, take a step back to what is the like okay, somebody cast this against you. So they've spent two mana. Uh -huh. How much mana do they have left over in the scenario? And then what are you actually scared of with that with that amount? You're not That's, scared of Storm. You could be scared of Storm. I mean, well, this then Storm's be... going to do its thing either way, right? Like, you, you know that Let's if they Storm... cast two, two Dark Rituals next turn, like, you and you counter this, you probably would have rather countered, like, one of the Dark Rituals. Mountain, Rite of Flame, double cast. This strikes you me now more, have priority. This strikes me as something that you would see more in Modern Storm than you would in... There are red storm decks in Legacy with Rite of Flame. But if at that point, like this is just the sorcery version of Fork. Like they already had this ability if they wanted it. And it's, this, at, that, at that point, where it's instant, where if you have the mana, if you cast their thing and then they want to counter it, then you could fork back their counter or just fork their spell. Right. Fork well, never gets played. Yeah. Well, I mean, and one of the reasons why Fork doesn't get played is because you do have to react to your spell with it. This card basically is asking your opponent to counter it, right? You're like, please counter this, or something bad is going to happen at least once. But you can counter that, spe that spell as it's on the stack. So I think you wait. Turn two, I straight up go, two mana, cast this thing. What happens? What happens if they go turn one? Mountain, Rite of Flame, double cast. You now have priority. What do you do? They've got four cards. What do you do? They've got four cards. I think this is this is this this is the question. I think we should leave to see what we, what, what is the feedback we get on this one. What do you do in that scenario? If somebody goes right a plane, cast this thing, pass priority. I think I counter that because what's going to happen is they're going to get taxing probe, draw two cards, drop uh, a pedal, and continue doing something else. Right. So they well, spend the next two thing... mana to draw a card. Is what that that means to draw. One to card. draw a card. But they have mana floating, you definitely counter But this, they right? saw your hand twice. If they have mana floating, <laughs> you definitely time, counter this, right? If they have mana floating, you definitely counter this, because, let's see, you could they, they, you could telegraph what they have. They have, like, six red, and they cast this thing. You know the next thing is empty the warrens for double, triple? 
Double plus one? Whatever. I don't know how the math works. I think no, the no, copy you, if you would cast not... the copy, it would only be an individual yeah. additional you copy. Do not it doesn't trigger storm. storm. And I only okay. know this because in modern, I played Increasing Vengeance. Yeah, that's how could, I learned it, too. Yeah. <laughs> with an Electromancer, you would Increasing Vengeance, and then it flash it back for four from your yard, and it would double again. But when you copy a storm spell, it only gives you an additional single copy. I want to apologize to everybody who I've ever beat with Increasing Vengeance. He doesn't thought believe that, the storm, that at all. And thought that the storm went off because it's happened, and I apologize. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean when you Increasing Vengeance, the yeah, storm gets was le- first learning st- the modern storm deck i did it a few times lizu i'm sorry man do you want to know what happened in <laughs> so i was playing the literal actual the epic storm in modern with epic experiment now what i thought was when you play increasing vengeance and then double your rituals you get a big enough uh, mana uh, amount to cast a really big epic experiment then i thought when you put all of the stuff on the stack on moto the epic stays on the stack and then all of the stuff goes on top of it so I thought if I put the rituals on the stack, I would have mana in my pool to then increase the vengeance <laughs> from the yard and copy the epic experiment oh, and get two copies man. of the same X count that I just had oh, and therefore man. flip over my deck. I was like, holy shit, I just broke this format and nobody has any idea. So I go on to Moto, I do this nonsense because I like I, I proxied it up in paper. I'm like goldfishing to see if it's real. I'm goldfishing. I'm like, holy shit, I am flipping my deck on turn three. This is insane. <laughs> and so I get on the Moto and I build this deck and i'm like okay here we go i'm gonna start poning some people and then i i, I increasing vengeance from the yard and i copy both copies on the epic experiment you want to know what happens the nothing. epic experiment fell off and nothing happened i said what is going on moto why are you bugged why are you why are you breaking my shit i'm trying to break a format i go to the judge site where they use 24 hour judge thing yeah. whatever that site's called i forget but i go on and i'm like judges i broke the format why is it not letting me copy my epics twice why won't it let me have a really epic 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 experiment and they're like well you see phil when you put it on the stack what actually happens is that once you have resolved the epic experiment it will still show itself on the stack but by the time you have stacked all the spells on top of the epic the spell will have resolved and therefore leave the stack so even though you can still respond to it on the stack by the time you've stacked it all to then respond to all those things the epic will have fallen off so the epic (laughs) not being there anymore means the increasing vengeance is fizzle because they don't actually have a thing to copy anymore i wish i had like a radio button kind of thing because i'd play that thing from billy madison where the guy goes we're all dumber for having listened to that <laughs> um so that also doesn't work for my desire then. okay good mirror image two and a blue uh this is a three mana clone it's only your creatures but it's still really good because it's only three mana yep Psychic Corrosion, two and a blue. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Uh, this is a potential combo thing you can do, right? This is like a thing that I... This is like your high tide combo, where instead of having to like build a huge storm count for Brain Freeze, you can just go make a bajillion mana and then play your blue sun zenith. Oh, and even... No, you just like do all your weird draw spells, like meditate and... Intuition or not intuition that works right? too. Because yeah. you already had time Sphinx, spiral. You had Sphinx's tutelage already. Yes, that so triggered when you drew a card. It triggered every yeah. time you drew a card, and it lets you draw a card by like paying mana. By paying oh. six, you can lose. So I did not know this that. card does combo with uh, the Nexus of Fate. Right. So you can. That's how you can go infinite with Nexus of Fate. Is this? Yeah, in, that's in, a good point. In standard, one color. <laughs> you don't have to expose oh, you yourself that. to wasteland. <laughs> you can do that in Legacy. I mean, it's blue. This is true. You can get there. You brain freeze. It would be funny if you brain freeze yourself to psychic corrosion them out. Oh, that's so don't that's the way to do it. This is the new. This is the new Dream Halls deck. Yeah. Right. Uh, Seder, <laughs> Seder Enchanter. This is I don't male. buy this one at all. One green white. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, draw a card. That effect is playable. This is the green creature. Okay. So, I, I, like, you Enchant- don't think they need an ench- another Well, no, The thing is, right now, Enchantress players have the eight effects, plus they will play a ninth where they're playing that four-drop enchantment that is a 2-2 that draws a card itself and then is an Enchantress effect. But, if you're, like, that's their ninth, and if you're interested in this guy at three mana, so it's a one less discounted mana, except it doesn't draw you a card immediately, the difference is, against Enchantress, none of your removal is on. Yeah. So, just playing this, and then all of a sudden their bolts are alive, it's like... I mean, I don't know. You're talking to a dude who's never played Enchantress, although I have lost to Caracas Emrakul loops multiple <laughs> times in my life, and the only time I've ever come, like, really close to just straight up saying, I'm selling my collection, I'm quitting, I'm over it, 
is losing to like Cloud Post, Emrakul, Caracas loops, and that's how I lose the game. So that's happened to me many a time, and I'm still here. But I don't, <laughs> I don't foresee this guy being. The, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's his play. Yeah, this is another enchanter. Yeah, it's, an enchanter. it's the only enchanter, not enchantress, by the way. Um, not all enchanters. I think this is the only artifact, unless you guys want to quickly look at him. But this one is a this one's a doozy. Amulet. Uh oh, I lost it now. It's amulet of something. Safe amulet keeping. of safekeeping. Two mana artifact. Whenever you become a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. Creature tokens get minus one minus zero. I just don't get it. Like, did we? I don't know why we need another two mana storm hate artifact. Here's the thing about this card as well: is it's like a slightly worse fluster storm. Like, decks have learned to play around Flusterstorm. They've learned to even try and play around, like... The, this is not as good as Thorn, right? This is like, not as good we'd as Thorn. Rather, you'd, rather have, Thorn. you'd rather have Thorn on the board than, than this card. Even if your opponent's going to hit you with a bunch of goblins, like, Thorn's better. This effect is similar to when people try and play this as their way to beat a Storm deck. It's similar to how... You still have to keep your... If you're playing Stifle, you would still keep your Stifles in against Storm. Yeah. But it really doesn't do anything. Because if they're going off, like, you're trying to... You're hoping that Stifle will Stifle the Storm trigger, and that's never happening. If they're yeah, going off, they're right. going to duress you first. Yeah, yeah, right, So, right. like, if you play this thing, they're well, not actually going to cast their Storm spell at you first. They're going to, like, bounce your thing with a Chain of Vapor. Well, it, speaking from experience here, it's about redundancy. So, like, if you have Pierce, Cluster Storm, Stifle, Spell Snare... You, they duress you, and they're like, they see four counter spells, and they're like, I guess I lose, right? So Stifle is a great card to tempo them with, but it's also a really great card to just be like, and I have four of these, deal with that. And and that's what that's why Stifle is, is playable, and this card is not. Like, these, that, like, it, if you were to have multiple of these in play, it does, like, the, the taxing ability does stack. But I just don't know, like, if you're even in the market for that type of ability, I don't know why you wouldn't just be on Dampening Sphere from the previous set. Well, this, this doesn't, yeah. this isn't affected, this doesn't affect both players. I just looked up Damping Sphere to see if it affects both players. It does. So, assuming that a two-mana artifact is often played in the deck with, you know, lands that tap for two or more mana, um, or, you know, people want to cast two spells in a turn on their own. Um, so you're saying you should side this in if you're a Storm player playing as a Storm player. Yeah, oh, there's an idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. That mirror. Well, no, if, if, if you're on that mirror, let's be real, the best thing you can be doing in that is sad-sacking somebody. For anybody who doesn't know what sad-sacking is... Is that when you cast Quicken in it, response no, to their spell? No, no, it's spell? where you just go Dark Ritual Sadistic Sacrament, which is, <laughs> you lobotomy them for three cards, so you just go turn one Dark Rit, sad-sack, take out all your win conditions, go, and now they don't have uh, any ways in their deck left to win. It's nothing but rituals and card filtering. Yeah. And it's also way cooler to say. Like, you're not going to go, okay, Sphere you, dude. You're like, no, I'm going to sad sack your face. I will say that Sphering them would, like, turn one land, Lotus Petals, this Sphere against you would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess the... Now who's a genius? Minus one, minus O, is the token thing relevant anywhere? Probably not. That's the thing. That's universal. So this isn't even good in your, like, Lingering Souls deck. Because, like, you're just making your own Lingering Souls in the old ones, or your Bitter Blossom. Oh, it's all creature tokens? It's all creature tokens, but only your opponent gets that. The, the thing I don't like about this card is just philosophically, like, it's this weird one-sided effect with a universal effect that can screw you, but, like, neither of them are really that great. Okay, uh, here's a, maybe here's a situation. You are your uh, mid-rangey blue deck yeah. that is just... Cannot beat through a lingering soul. Never mind. You have Liliana the last hope now. I'm taking that. <laughs> Never mind. Yep. All right. Anything else, guys? Um. Not, I mean, about? we have other topics, but we don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about no gold cards looked enticing? Yeah. Okay, so Seder Enchanter. All of the fat dragons, yeah. like the new elder dragons and stuff like that. We talked about Necobolas last week, but all of the new fat dragons, like none of them are going to see play because they're all just worse than Grizzlebrand. Right. We, I mean, we did talk about Nicol Bolas as, like, maybe a spot for in a deck that wouldn't want, that would, like, be thinking about Kess. I think if you are looking at Nicol Bolas, as I thought about it more in those types of, like, grindy pile decks, you really want to leverage his Raven's Crime, so you really want to get them down to as few cards as possible by the time you cast the Nicol Bolas to really elevate that Raven's Crime effect. So you're probably going to be on, like, more hymns and, like, 
Thoughtseize Inquisition style effects, then you are going to be on like the decks that like the pile decks that have taken away Force of Will, like they are decreasing their Force of Will count in the main. I could see you moving like to like two Force to play additional Thoughtseizes in four hymns, so that way you can leverage this Raven's Crime on top of K commands, mm -hmm. and then really start to get them where you're like actually K commanding them with no cards in their hand and their draw step. That to me seems like where you would have. I feel like you would really have to shift your deck to really want to be playing. Yeah. I mean, Nicobolus it's a four fight. mana Ravenous Rats. <laughs> right, and then it's like it's a four mana, four four flying rabbit. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. Like if you're in the if you're in the market for it, like if you're trying to make that happen, as opposed to Kess, where you actually have to untap, they both lose to Caracas. But at least if you are hemming them and shit like that, if no, they I have mean, a Caracas on the table, at least yeah, you're getting you get, their card you're, every turn. You're getting something so for the Caracas. They have to play out their card, which means that anything that's reactive just isn't going to work. Yeah. I was with you guys the last week in Spirit, but I, I agree that someone's going to play this card in check pile and it's going to like hit the table at some point. I looked at all the green elder dragons for like potential natural order targets. Nothing. Is yeah, no, it. no one's gonna I, play Arcady Sabbath off of natural order. Well, you know, I do play. I do like like Dragon Lord Atarka is an elder dragon that is a good target for uh, natural order because it just wipes their board, then they read it, and then they look back at their empty board, and then they concede. But uh, yeah, so that's M nineteen so far. I think we're gonna get the full spoiler tomorrow. But I'm kind of I'm into this set. I kind of think it's pretty interesting there's like interesting cards in it and we'll see I, I think that there there are cards that require a slower format which i don't think we have unless something happens on july 2nd so yeah. we are going to talk ban list now guys so if you don't want to hear it turn it off but it's coming up in a week in a week a week after this podcast goes up it's, so we're going to just do a quick so i still i think it's going to happen i think july 2nd's the day I think that the, the SCG didn't help, because I think that Grixis Delver just did so well in both tournaments. Let's talk about the last um, the, the last big uh, online event was literally eight, uh, five different, but eight Deathrite Shaman decks. Yeah, but I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think, because I, I don't think Elves is the same, is a Deathrite oh, no, Shaman no. deck. But I do, I do think that when... When every single deck is playing a card, uh, that, is, that becomes a problem. So that I, becomes I, a problem. Yeah, but not every single deck plays Brainstorm. Brainstorm, 32 out of 32 to Grand Prix. I would, yeah, that's I, fine. I would, I'm I would okay with that. I would disagree that volume that a card sees play is uh, an issue because you have you can immediately go to Ponder Brainstorm. Mm -hmm. I I would say that the the card the only card that I can that I actually foresee right now being on the chopping block is Jataxian Probe. I don't think they're going to ban Deathrite because of the fact that even though it was in all those decks that you're saying, Elves versus the Grixis deck versus the Pile deck, they're all... They're, one's a combo deck, one is a tempo aggro deck, one is a mid-range control deck. Yes. So they're three different decks. So even though it sees play in all of them because it's an insane card, it's not... It's, it's homogenizing fair decks, but it's not stifling diversity. In that respect, it's not stifling diversity, but I think it stifles diversity in the fact that you can't... There are strategies that are just... Why would you even consider even doing something else when you can play Deathrite Shaman in a fair deck? What I hope they do is I think the format is stale, and it would be great if they just did a massive shake-up, and they were like, Probe is banned, DRS is banned, Grizzlebrand is banned, TNN is banned. Figure it out, guys. And I feel like that, that would be way more interesting than having right. like these... like. Pillars of the format that we've known for the last decade that have just been the pillars, and it would be nice to switch it up. What would you play in a situation like that? Um, I would actually probably still look... My, my first thought right now is I think Leovold is just still really powerful. So we've never... like You're never playing Leovold without Deathrite. Pile goes away, because you can't afford that many colors without Deathrite Shaman. He just mm -hmm. enables too much. But I would look at what is the most powerful Leovold deck that you can be playing, uh, because I still think that... Making, cutting off cantrips is always going to be powerful. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I will listen to Deathrite is... Homogen Here's the thing about Deathrite that I've learned recently. It's not so much that Deathrite itself or the Deathrite decks are good, are so good that you can't beat them with other fair decks. Because with Rug, I actually was regularly being Deathrite decks once I sort of figured it out, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's that the, the Deathrite flattens the, the matchups such that you're much closer to 50% with Grixis Delver on a matchup that is much more polarized to like 70-30 with Rug 
the, the you know, I would say like death and taxes, just being the big one, right? Yeah. Like with Grixis Delver, it's still not a great matchup for you, but it's way like you don't want to see it as Rug like ever. <laughs> you know, Eldrazi is the same way. Like the yeah. Death Right Shaman decks are better against the field, and that's why you make that choice. But I think that I don't think that's something that has to go away. I would like to see something. The, the problem I have with a lot of the decks is that there's just they're just too. They're just too one-sided. When Leovold came out, there were people who thought, well, this is a three-mana pyroblastable thing, and we did a show on it, like, early, and I was like, no, this card's really dumb. Like, it's one-sided cantrip hate. You get to play all your own cantrips. And now, like, Leovold, you know, it's not super bannable or anything, but it is just, like, it's one of these things where there's, like, there's no downside to playing it. There's no opportunity cost to playing it, but seeing it in play on the other side is just miserable, you know? Yeah, I, th I think that the, the one side... Where, like, it's miserable to play against in situations where it's stopping you from doing the things that you were about to do. But in the situations where you play a Leobold and they just kill it with their cheaper removal, like, you getting to cantrip off of it, it's fine. But, like, you, sh like, the, being able to three mana to draw a three mana, like, three mana in any other deck ends the game. Like, a True Name Nemesis will just run away with the game. A Show and Tell will just end the game. Let's like, take True Name Nemesis is, that, is the same kind of card, right? Like, except, well, I, th I think true, the, the thing with Leobold is. Leobold is a lock piece, but it, like, there are situations where, like, oh, man, I'm not going to draw off my ponder, but I can still cast my ponder to find a way out of the situation. Like, you do still have agency. Yeah. With TNN, you either have the thing that kills it, or you have no agency at all. Right. My, my, the thing about the homogenization that gets me is, like, there was a dead guy, like, a black-white stone blade deck that got in, like, the top 16 at the Star City. You know, good for that guy. I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't write down his name. I'm sorry about that, because that was my first deck I played. I love playing that deck. It has gotten zero new cards since, like... The, like, the only card in it that had been printed since, like, cons came out was there was, like, one Liana the Last Hope in the sideboard. And that was it. Everything else was the same deck I played when we went to our first Star City together, Zach, in, like, 2011. Yeah. You know, it was, like, the exact same deck. Like, these... No one... No other decks are getting new cards that are as good as Leovold or True Name. It's not really just about, like... Um, you know, oh, like, the blue cantrips are great, because you used to be able to just power through that by having better cards, but, like, you have this one-sided bomb, whether it's True Name or Leovold or, I guess, Kess, like, like, you just, like, oh, I can't let him untap with that either, you know, like, it's just, there's no, there's no, there's nothing to do, they need to, they need to, they need to bring that down so that we can have more fair decks, because I just don't, I don't know, man. I just... It's just frustrating. Because I don't see a different... You're, what, what would you play if all those cards are banned? I don't know. Probably some blue fair deck. You know? I would play Infect. <laughs> with blue fair deck? Yeah. So here's Bear? the thing. Yeah. Get out of here with here's that. Here's the thing is... It's all is, one ones. Let's say you're playing... I kill you on turn two. <laughs> let's say you get rid of uh, Deathrite Shaman, right? People move away from these decks, and are they playing Fatal Push as much? Maybe you can start playing Tarmogoyfs again. You know, maybe your your one ones uh, with pump spells can actually co come in. I would play infect. I would play infect right now, but I think I would definitely play infect in this circumstance. I think the the other thing that the thing that we didn't talk about is balancing the other end of it because right now the the combo deck side is is adapted to the death right meta, mm -hmm. which means that they're super fast and super resilient. And taking death right out on its own is not going to change that. You have to hit something else. I agree. You have to hit. Grizzlebrand, or I, I know you know people don't want to hear it, but like Thespian Stage, like something that just you know because the speed is going to be up there. Now they might not do that. I'm not sure they'll, they have the stomach to do all that in, in July. I, I kind of think that you, you could go either way. They're either going to do something like they're either going to do the obvious thing, which is take Death Right out. They're going to do the second most obvious thing, which is take Probe out. But like now you're getting into like levels like of, of odds. I don't think they're going to see it. I just don't think. Like, honestly, what would I play? I'd probably just play Turbo Freaking Grizzlebrand, because <laughs> you ever had a yeah. Grizzlebrand in play? Yeah. <laughs> like, Grizzlebrand, I, there are a few, rare few occasions where I have or my opponent has had Grizzlebrand in play, and the next thing that happened wasn't wasn't one of the two of us picking up our cards and bitching about Grizzlebrand. Yeah. Um, I think that, honestly, like, again, I, I'd like them to, I'd, I'd like to see a world where they didn't have to ban this card, and they just printed something for other decks to play, like... A Pithing Needle one-mana two-drop that is in Selesnia colors. Yeah. You know, like, just a Selesnia one-mana one two-two that says, when this comes into play, name a card, and it can't activate its abilities. You want just a, a strictly better Phyrexian Revoker. Yes. That is only playable 
in non-Grixis decks. Maybe, maybe Phyrexian Invoker hits mana abilities. Maybe it doesn't hit mana abilities. Still, he'll hit death rate. That's not a mana ability. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I will say that any card that right now, if we're, like where we're talking about death rate, the argument of doing the the thing that beats the good thing versus the good thing, the argument will always be guys just play the good thing. Well, yeah, agreed, agreed. You can definitely like. I'm just saying what they need to do is create a world where. We don't need to go around banning ev these cards every time where you're just like, oh, well, that's a really great strategy uh, and it's oppressive. No one wants that. What we want is that strategy's pretty good, but already exist in the world other strategies as well that are as good too. I think if, right now you there's no incentive to not just be playing the, like, Wasteland I don't think is enough of a punishment for those not, the decks where you can just not when all you of the play Deathrite Shaman, Shaman. <laughs> I think you need to like you you ha, you can't print like the the new exile uh, colorless creature for one mana in the new set is the perfect example. They tried to give you a thing to beat the good thing, but at the end of the day, doing the the bad thing to beat the good thing is just never going to be as good as just you doing the good thing yourself. Right, exactly. So like I think they have to print cards rather than print answers like this this new set is just like all these like really weird answers alpine I, moon is a good one you, right you, you need to you yeah. need to make you need to incentivize new decks to come out where like hey if you do this new good thing it will be powerful enough to compete with the other stuff that's good rather than trying to do the anti-good stuff like it's it's the reason why like the, the blue cantrip decks just statistically have done way better then I, I, I know I beat this dead horse every week, but it does statistically better than the Chalice decks in the long term because Chalice, by definition, is trying to beat the good thing rather yeah. than doing the good thing. So it will win, it will crush them sometimes. Like, it will do that sometimes. But over the long term, the good thing will always be better than trying to do the bad thing to beat the good thing. Yeah, because the, the, you're totally right about the Chalice thing. I mean, the, the reason the that we have that Chalice that the Chalice decks are doing so well is because they ramped up the threats so considerably that you can kind of beat through some draws that would have been bad originally because something like Chandra, even Goblin Rabble Master can get really out of control when they can't swords it, you know? Like, like you can just, or they can't swords it because there's a Blood Moon in play or because there's a, you know, Chalice, whatever it is. You got double lock piece into double good card, right? That was just like uh, the 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 long-winded answer of like saying they need to incentivize new they, they, I, I agree that they need to. that's the that's the thing like I, I feel like death right is a is a card that can like go in your elves deck or go in your like maverick deck and give you a, a fighting chance I wish that what but I, I also I very much recognize that it's just insane in the high spell velocity decks because yeah. of that which is just and it's the spell velocity it's too much it's gets it's getaxian probe it's it's young pyromancer drafting off that it's gurmagago drafting off that in Grixis deck in, in the check pile deck, which I still think is a little clunky, you know, but, like, is just, you know, just so much, just just looks at so much of its deck all the time, it's eventually going to get through, you know? So. One mana, one, one harsh mentor? I mean, once again, that's, 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 I, I, I agree, it, right? I agree, you know? yeah, yeah. I think you need, instead of saying, like, I'm willing to try and stop you from doing something, it's, that like, Deathrite, it's, it can counterplay stuff out of the graveyard, right? Like, it can, it can beat Reanimator, yeah. but, like, you're not playing it because it can beat Reanimator. You're playing it because it has it's a it's a mana dork for off a swamp, and then it just happens to have these other insane abilities. Yeah. Right. Like it does something you already want to be doing, and then incidentally has other great things to be doing. Yeah. It's like you're not going to it where like I need this thing specifically to hate this card. Like that is not consistent enough to be a, a thing that you can be doing because you're not going to go against the exact same cards every round. Even though Death right now you would go against it. 40% of the time, you're going to go up against it 40% of the time, sometimes against the combo deck. Yeah. Sometimes against the fair deck. Yeah. Like, the way those play are very different. And it's like, if you st if you hose the thing, the, the death right, then they're like, alright, I'll natural order it, and you're dead. Yeah, and then it's like, alright, I'll hose this thing, and they're like, fine, I'll true name Nemesis, and you're dead. And it's yeah, like, yeah. either way, you hose the thing that wasn't actually the thing that was the, the, the overall actual issue, and you just put yourself down a card for more mana, because you were doing the bad thing to beat the good thing. Yeah. Um... Deathrite doesn't kill the Reanimator decks, and it doesn't kill Graveyard decks at all, but it is enough of a break on them that, I mean, the, the Graveyard decks are already in a high level of existence with, with Deathrite in the format, and I think that that is going to be a thing that we'll have to 
be sort of remeasured when it's out, and they and they they can do different stuff as they sort of realize that they don't have to play around certain that they don't have to play around that card, which is what I, my concern is. I just think those those ducks are way too fast. Uh, like uh, we, after we had talked to Cyrus a couple weeks ago, like just realize just thinking about after you know we talked to him while we were talking to him like about times I played Storm and been like, oh, this deck's really fucking fast. You know, like you could just you you can have some crazy draws with protection. You know, um, like the fact that Deathrite is that Deathrite is helping the fair decks keep up. It's only helping one kind of fair deck keep up, and that I agree with. But but like you can't. There has to be a balancing act, and I just I hope that they don't just cut the line out. All right. So final note. Um. Put up or shut up. What do you think is going to get banned? I've said it since the beginning of the year. I think they're going to ban Death Rite this year, and I'm, I'm. This is the best time for them to do it. It's the most time until any tournament of consequence. I think it will say there are no changes. I'm going to say they get rid of Death Rite and one other card. That other card will either be Grizzlebrand or Gitaxian Pro, but it won't be both. Uh, Vintage? I think they restrict Paradoxical Outcome. I hope not. I, I fucking love it so much. I think I think <laughs> they haven't seen Paradoxical Outcome do enough yet. Guys, uh, transgressive stuff needs a place to live. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, that is one speaking of which, card. we've reached out to uh, to um, Aaron Forsyth. Aaron Forsyth. Uh, so I'm I'm waiting to hear back from him about uh, about the transgressive uh, tweet. So that could happen soon. Uh, he probably won't be on the cast, but we can at least talk about his response to us. We're hoping so that we he's going to send us that. some email back. Of course, they have a new crisis every week with uh, the tournament software. So yeah. So we'll we'll see with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, man, I, I I think that in they're going to here vintage. They're going to ban one more card, one more card from workshops. Well, that's that's inevitable, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the projection for workshops is it's going to be four workshops and fifty six cards, all of yes. which are on the restricted list. Yeah, I'm sorry we didn't talk about vintage. I've had so much fun playing Paradox Clockham. I realize I never played the best deck ever, but it's so fun. Oh yeah, it just feels so good to play it. I mean, you know I, how they're beating Paradox Clockham and Vintage? They're playing check pile. They're playing like four color control with death right and everything. I you played, were the, got, you were got, almost there that one day. There, I got <laughs> I got just destroyed by that kind of yeah. deck with like because like a Leovold hits a table against your outcome. You're just so toasted. Death, uh, Dark confidant and Leovold. And oh. that's where my deck excels. When you had that turn, you you had like a Leovold out against me, and I was like, I guess I'll just tinker into Time Bolt. Yeah, no, there, 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 there <laughs> was only one card <laughs> turn. I, I, I actively so we had one of those rare times where there was a vintage event, and uh, we played in it, Zach and I, and we ended up playing against each other, and then. I was like, yeah, dude, I think like I'm just going to play a bunch of Leobolds and then it's just going to be good enough. And then I had like a vintage turn where I was like, yeah, dude, Jace the, like, turn, turn one, Jace plus Deathrite, go. And, and after brainstorming, and he was like, dude, that was really sweet. And then he played five Moxin, Paradoxical, then he killed me. And I was no, like, no, I played five Moxin, Tezzerit the Seeker. Yeah, and then killed me. <laughs> and then killed you. And you killed me like through destruction. Yeah. After I had my insane, I was like, all right, dude, like that's welcome, welcome, welcome to the format. Yeah, yeah. It was great. We gotta, we gotta get going. Yeah. Uh, right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it was wonderful having you guys uh, in in the studio, as it were. Live cast, baby. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.